If you think about how retailers are racing to keep up with buy online, pick up in store, buy online, pick up at the curb, buy online, send it, send it um, somehow, you know, the cheapest way possible. Um, you think about all of that and you say, okay, we're going to stop. We're going to do a project and change to cost-based accounting. I would probably not have the patience to do, and you could probably get there, but to do the math analysis that showed when the payback would be. Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, and along with my podcast partner, Shelley Cohan, we welcome Paula Rosenblum, uh, co-founder and managing partner of RSR Research, and the one who designed uh, the boot methodology of research, which is now well-known and well-used across the industry. Uh, great to have you here with us, Paula. Uh, it really is, and, and, and thank you for your time to be here. And I know you have um, a strong view on our topic today, re retail versus cost accounting for retailers. You have a great deal of experience uh, in this topic and have spoken out about this, uh, I know, for many years. So to um, provide some context, most retailers used retail-based accounting, uh, which has been the industry standard uh, for a while. But today we will dive into why many retailers are shifting to cost-based accounting. So welcome, Paula, and we're looking forward to getting a lot of your knowledge. I'll do the best I can. <laughs> By the way, I'm just going to mention that RSR Research you is the quote-unquote candid voice of retail technology. And so that's a very similar to the ROM report, whereas we tell it like it is. So as Robin mentioned, you know, there's a lot of talk about retailers moving towards cost-based accounting. But let's, if you don't mind, start by explaining the retail versus cost method of accounting. And really, how did this retail accounting come about, Paula? Well, cost-based accounting is simple. Let's say I got 100 items at $50 and 100 items at $75. I multiply them together, and that gives me the dollar value of my inventory. When I sell one, I subtract one from the total number of units I had on hand, and I and I do that to see how how much the cost is, and that's what I take out cost-wise, and the difference between retail and cost is gross margin, and what's remaining is remaining cost. So that's kind of the easy one. Retail method of accounting is really I don't I don't want to, as I told you before, I don't want to roll down a rabbit hole. But basically, <laughs> um, the way it was done was you would count by retail and department. And that's how you would get to the total retail value of your inventory. Now, as most of us know, that doesn't help you a whole lot on your balance sheet because that it, it's expected to be the lower of cost of retail. Um, and so they came up with a cost complement. And that's what they ended up putting on the, the balance sheet. And it more or less worked okay, I think it's fair to say. Um, one thing I did want to say is that I don't know of that many retailers that are actually moving to cost accounting. What mm -hmm. I do know is that the newer retailers, the retailers who were created after the implementation of point of sale, and I'll get back to that in a second, 
uh, they just uh, defaulted to it automatically. Because before point of sale, keeping track of what you were selling by SKU was not so easy, right? I mean, you're going to take the tickets home. My father, he was an independent retailer. He'd scratch them. He'd do chicken scratches and a little book. So he'd get an <laughs> idea of, of what, of where he was by SKU. But getting an accurate count you know, off of his sales slips, but getting an accurate count of what you had was, was really challenging by, by what you sold, what you sold and what was left. So interestingly enough, um, they came up with this idea apparently in 1913. Wow. Um, and, and the book that I was looking through to refresh my memory a little is dated from 1971. Someone wow. gave it to me. I it, it was not something I purchased on my own. Um, and 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 it the problem with it is that it's adequate for financial purposes and it's not adequate for um, skew level inventory analysis at all. At yeah. all. And what you find was happening again is that as companies opened later in in the game, later in the, in time, they just started with cost based accounting because it's easy. You know what the cost is from the PO. You know, doing the math and in, in the in the stock ledger is is really easy, and doing it doing it down even in the inventory management system is really easy. And one of the challenges that we had for a very long time, which has been resolved at this moment is that units and dollars didn't always match. Right. And that was that's that's another demon of the retail method of accounting. Uh, one of the challenges, and this is slightly off topic, you can feel free to cut it if you like, with RFID is that you have to, if you're gonna count the, if you're gonna count, you have to find a place to put it. And no one's going to let you just plop it into the inventory, into the stock ledger, because it took too long to get everything in sync. Right. So the reason why so many projects, particularly for large box stores, haven't gone past the pilot phase is, is no one knows what to do with the numbers once you have them. I mean, you can do one reorder so that have those genes that I thought I didn't have. But what about next week? What do I do then? Mm. Well, you know, complicated. And I suppose that that book that you got in 1971, Paula, I, I can imagine that you, uh, you probably read it before you went to sleep. It probably helped you <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> I'm sure I read it, was... it just this long. Just I, I've actually I, I must have read it twice because it's got two different color highlights in it, and then it's <laughs> got a, a it's got also a a side example of 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 how you. An illustration of beginning inventory and ending inventory and stuff like that. Um, it was useful for me when I was learning mm, chain retailing. You know, I mean, I've mm. been in retail really ultimately my whole life because of my father, but mm -hmm. but but I didn't understand the complexities of chain retailing. Yeah, well, you know, for retailers, it seems to me uh, to have made sense that in the past they've used uh, retail-based accounting. Um, I mean, everything you know that we measure goes back to retail sales or revenue, and there is a tremendous emphasis on gross margins, as you all know. You know, for, for high-level executives and shareholders, it it does provide a uh, real-time snapshot of uh, profit margins. So I don't know. The problem is that retail-based accounting is highly uh, reliant 
on the, on the selling price of goods, and as you have mentioned, Paula, um, we are projecting out the possible selling price, which in today's environment, my God, it may be anybody's guess. You know, it's well, crazy. That's part of the challenge is, is, you know, is it a markdown? Is it a markup cancellation? Is it a promotion? You know, and and uh, that that's the other challenge with the retail inventory method is that there's lots of games that can be played with markdown, markup cancellations, yeah. and and things like that. Um, yeah. So tell tell us why you think uh, this is a dangerous practice, and why should retailers? Be thinking well, differently. If, if we're going to get serious about providing the right product to the right people at the right time, we have to know what we own by SKU. And you can only own by SKU by counting by SKU, by keeping track by SKU. And the retail method of accounting really doesn't lend itself to that. So so along with the games that you can play with markup cancellations and um, and and whatever you're going to do with trade funds, which people do all kinds of entertaining oh, right. things with. Um, what's what's important is that you have an accurate an accurate picture of what you have in the store at any point in time. And I would I would argue that 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 what you own is almost more impo- important than what what you've made on it so far at this point. Because if someone comes in and wants something, even if you don't have it in this store, you can find it in another store and get it shipped. That's what the world of omni-channel or cross-channel or yeah. of the day is all about. Um, retail inventory method doesn't help you with that at all, especially because you never really true it up by skip. If you think about it, if you're just counting by department and, and, and price, you're never truing it up. It's interesting. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me jump in here with an illustrative example. So asset protection, loss prevention, security, now, but now it's called asset protection, I mean, those departments uh, really started to move towards cost-based accounting years ago. So when I was in the industry, which was many years ago, like you, Paula, I shrink was based on a retail value of the inventory. So 3% shrink meant that of days past, uh, which, by the way, would be very high now. 3% is like, you know, no way. But it was the total of the retail value of the shrink divided by the retail sales. Well, LP departments realize that the actual loss of goods should actually be based on the cost. Well, it's about half. It's what, and that's what it is. It's like 1.5 now, I think. Right, exactly. So, for example, if the cost of goods is $50 and the retail is $100, the retail reported that the loss was $100. But today, the companies report the loss at $50. So, the actual value of the sweater is what was actually lost, not the perceived value or price of. So I'm, a, I'm gonna ask you a, a tough question here, but there's retail accounting, there's cost accounting. Is there such thing as a hybrid approach where you can use both? Well, there has to be. One of the things I did when I was still a practitioner is I got involved in planning systems a lot. I was actually the first Arthur implementer in this country, my God. And 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 you have to do markdown planning. And to do markdown planning, you have to find yourself somewhere in, in a hybrid retail method so you know what the impact is of taking those markdowns, both on the sales side and, and obviously on the margin side. Because you do have, you know, merchants are comped on their gross margin, no matter how you look at it, just as they're comped on their markdowns. Um, so so that's that's one 
that's when you would have a, a hybrid approach for sure. You know, <clears throat> the more I'm listening, the more I'm learning, obviously. Uh, it gets, it, it's, you know, retail math has <laughs> got to be very complicated. Um, so, but, but you guys are bringing it down to a level where I can begin to understand it. So, you know, the choice between retail-based and cost-based accounting also, it seems to me, significantly influences the company's financial statements, right? And yes. and the overall financial health. So there, there must be industry standards so, you know, we can accurately reflect comparison across companies and trade uh, in the U.S. markets. In the, in the um, loss prevention example, if if one company, you know, uses retail-based accounting and the other cost-based accounting, the shortage numbers are really not comparable. And I guess that's kind of what you guys have been talking about they're, here. They're so. close. I'm less yeah. worried about the shrink being appearing to be different as I am about the inventory being different. You know, okay. we're in an age where skew inventory really matters. Yeah. And and so I worry less about, uh, well, because I've studied it long enough to know that shrink moves really glacially, which is one reason I didn't I didn't embrace the ORC has, you know, organized retail crime has gone through the roof and therefore Target's closing nine stores and others are closing all mm. of these others. And um it's it, it's it's not exactly true. You know what I mean? It's so uh, funny. Robin and I just tackled that very issue in our podcast last week. So it's a hot topic. And uh, you're absolutely right. It's crazy. But can I ask you a question, Paula? What's the um, when you say you can't keep track of skew with retail based accounting. Can you kind of explain that in layman terms? Well, I mean, you can because we have POS now, right? But that's not how the purchase journals are kept. And uh, the, the purchase journals are kept by department. They're not kept by by SKU at all. Um, you can look mm. at a stock status report, but it's not going to help you a whole lot. You know, so so it's really that. Um, it, it's, 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 it's problematic. More than the shrink side, it's just problematic in keeping track. Interesting. Really well, I, um, I've i been discussing this topic with a professor at FIT named Gross, who teaches retail math for merchandising and planning purposes. And, you know, she says that, you know, in the industry right now, when you're looking at all these software and planning tools, that there's, you know, a lot happening with cost-based accounting and people talking about it, not doing it all, just to be clear. But, you know, she said the common feedback focuses on developing a true strategy around a product's performance. Exactly. And focusing on promotions to move the inventory and generate traffic, which is what you're saying. And, uh, you know, if the units persist, the return on investment is not there. The cost does not change. And, exactly. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's no doubt that skew profitability is important. Um, you know, you want to take a look at that and that'll help you decide for future distributions where to put things. It'll help you figure out your open to buy by store a little or help the computer figure out your open to buy by store a little bit. 
I can tell you, um, I put, I did, I climbed the Arthur Mountain twice, as my friend used to describe it. Um, <laughs> once at, at Hitter, and neither firm exists anymore, so I can say whatever I want, really. But once was at Hit or Miss, which was a, oh, yeah. which was a pretty good sized uh, retail chain. That I was the one where I was miss. first. And then I did it again at a furniture chain at Domain. And that one, we needed it by cost. And, and it took... It was so hard for them to do. I can't even tell you to get the oak because you still had markdown planning in it. And furniture is complicated because it's not sold and it's not it's it's not sold until you deliver it, really. And and then and then you you figure five percent of it minimum is going to come back. And it was very, very complicated. So so it's definitely easier to do cost-based accounting no matter what. Mm. Right. And Professor Gross said a couple of things. First of all, she said what you kind of alluded to, and she said that in the past, leveraging markdowns and the retail method of accounting was a crucial tactic for unlocking available open-to-buy dollars. So Absolutely. Again, you know, That's what markup to- cancellations are all about. Exactly. So lowering the retail value of the inventory is simply a distortion of the truth is what she said. And the other thing that was interesting, and this is actually feedback from some of the people she spoke to in the industry, is executives walk into a store and they see units. They don't see dollar signs. So cost-based accounting would be a big change for retailers, as you know, because you experienced it. And there has to be um, a investment in providing solid support for the change with training before, during, and after the implementation. This is what Professor Gross said. So you know, I've I'm, never I've never worked for a chain where they did the transition. I did one thing they did at hit or miss, which predated me, but they still had it when I got there, is because they were because they were active during the period of great inflation during the Carter years. Oh, yeah. They also had some life over there too. So they, they would take all their inventory along with having calculated it as by the retail method. Or retail inventory method. They also calculated LIFO so they could oh, yeah. understand what all their replacement costs are. Oh, sure. I mean, most textbooks that we use and we teach from teach the retail method of accounting. And uh, it's very difficult to teach both to students. They can barely understand one concept. So trying to teach two different methods is a challenge. But I can tell you that with more students working in retail, wholesale, cost-based accounting is becoming more and more prevalent across the industry. And I have to tell you this one story, Paula and Robin, because you're going to get a kick out of it. So uh, we just had our exams, our final exams. And what's happening is, is students are taking an exam and it has to do with retail math formulas. So they take the exam questions, they put it in chat GPT. So chat GPT does cost-based accounting. We're teaching retail-based accounting. So they're getting all the answers wrong. And I actually had a student reach out to me and say, Professor, all your answers on your exam are incorrect. So (laughs) this is going to be a big shift if it really goes to cost-based accounting. Um, It's going to be a big deal and a big transition. I've never worked for anybody who's done it. The only way I can think of you could do it is take a physical, be prepared with a new system take a physical inventory and just reload everything from 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 the jump. And then then you're okay with your POs and all the rest of it, but it's 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 a huge job, which is why which is one reason I think why the big department stores haven't done it. And they should. Of all people they should because there's not there's very little more important than in, in inventory accuracy because maybe your gross margin will be a little bit less, 
if you do traditional um, cost accounting. But um, the exercise and the work of looking for the item that you can't find in one store and another store and another store and another store is at least saved, you know. Well, definitely uh, benefits of cost-based accounting. I think if I'm hearing you correctly, one one extreme benefit is really being able to have a very specific and close eye on your SKU level inventory. You gotta have you have to have a close-based eye on your SKU level inventory. And it's not a terrible idea to take a look at SKU profitability for real. Right? You know, I mean, I mean, you may decide like I worked for a party supply store some at the la the last the last the last CIO gig I had was at a party supply store also no longer in existence <laughs> and and we discovered that we were we were running all these cameras on sale and the good news is we were selling them like hotcakes and the bad news is we were losing money on every single one we sold so the 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 new chief merchant came in and he raised the price we sold a ton less but we made we actually made money Yep. You know, so these are the kinds of things you need to know. And that was a cost-based accounting place. Yeah. So as opposed Paula, to just being yes. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, as opposed to just being lumped into party favors or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. So what what do you think will need to change in the industry and how, how can this happen um, you know, across all retailers? Is uh, is it realistic to think that retailers will make this change. I mean, no, no, no. Okay. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, you, you have this interesting conundrum here. Let's take Macy's first, for example, they've been in the news this week. They're on the retail method of accounting. Uh, I don't think they've got great track of their inventory, except beyond knowing that they have too much that you only have to walk in the store to feel that one out. Um <laughs> But the effort that it would take and the dollars that it would take to make that switch over, I don't think they could do it. And the IT, if you think about how retailers are racing to keep up with buy online, pick up in store, buy online, pick up at the curb, buy yeah. online, send it, send it um, somehow, you know, the cheapest way possible. Um, you think about all of that and you say, OK, we're going to stop. We're going to do a project and change to cost based accounting. I would probably not have the patience to do, and you could probably get there, but to do the math analysis that showed when the payback would be. I don't know that I would have the patience mm. to wow. do it. And if I was a merchant, I wouldn't necessarily have the will because it's taking away one of my toys. Mm. Well, wow. You know, Paula, all of your knowledge in this space um, was really very helpful today. Um, and I, I'm sure that like me, a lot of our audience has never gone too deeply into this topic. So I think I think you enlightened enlightened us a great deal. Um, now the other great thing about this book, and you can't really see it on here, is it was put out by the NRMA. Oh and my god! You're old enough to know. I don't think you are. That's what the NRF was. The National, National Retail yeah. Merchandising Association, maybe. Yeah, yeah I remember um, that. Yeah. So anyway, you've been very helpful. And by the way, your your boot methodology, which I did a little background on, seems to be a useful process for all retailers and brands, for that matter. And, it, you know, it would be good for their strategic planning exercise. And um, 
this topic we've talked about today, cost-based versus retail-based accounting, actually, I think it is timely given the, you know, the brouhaha over ORC and the retail uh, theft numbers that have come out recently. You know, as Shelley mentioned uh, earlier, loss prevention teams have already started to measure shrink based on cost and not retail. Um, the retail losses are growing, especially um, uh, uh, ORC uh, happening all over the place. It's you know it's almost like a whole new industry when you think about it. I mean, these gangs, uh, so to speak, you know they they turn right around and sell the stolen goods online. And we discussed this issue in our podcast last week. So. You know, measuring shrink based on actual ownerships, ownership uh, cost, I think makes more sense. So anyway, Paula, we thank you so much for providing really a deeper understanding of these different accounting practices. And 2024 will be a year of many shifts, as we all know, in practices and processes uh, for retailers and and perhaps moving to cost-based accounting will be one of those shifts. However, I won't bet on it. Bet on it after I heard what you just said. Well, it's hard, it and then you, you think about what Macy's is about to go through. I mean, oh yeah, you know, yeah, they got that. That that's one that I have to say, and it's not our topic, but I have to say it's a crime because you know the first thing to go will be that beautiful building on Herald Square, and that's yeah. A- well, yeah, it depends on what happens. I think if they give Tony Spring a chance, I think he can do a lot of new innovative things with Macy's. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a lot of ideas in his head. <clears throat> but but you know, to come to come into that role when he's got the uh you know, those sharks out there, the right. PE guys that want to come in there. And of course we know what the history of that is. They come in and they buy the damn thing and they start, you know ladening debt on it and uh, you know stuffing their pockets with money and uh and then they start uh, playing with the real estate anyway that's a whole other topic which i'm sure we could talk for a long time on so paul anyway thank you uh again so much for uh, being here today my, my pleasure and you guys have a wonderful afternoon okay Always great to hear your perspectives, Paula. For our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and therobinreport.com. Please follow us on social media and link in with us for the latest thoughts about the industry. And Paula's on LinkedIn, so link in with her too. Paula Rosenblum, thank you. Yeah, and I want to thank everybody again. And and, uh, Paula, may not talk to you or see you, but uh, have a happy holiday. Same to you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, Take care.